0: Welcome to the Treasure Valley and Boise, the City of Trees. As one of the fastest growing areas in the entire nation, finding the right home is only as important as finding the right realtor. And who better in the Treasure Valley than Regina Collins, realtor? Licensed in both Idaho and California and self-employed since 1999, Regina Collins prides herself on a strong business and marketing background. With years of experience owning and operating full staff businesses, Regina Collins is ready to work for you. Specializing in relocation, veterans and military families, listings, buyers, commercial, new homes, contingencies, and solar, Regina Collins is able to offer the whole package for her buyers. Whether you are new to Boise, want a better lifestyle for you and your family, or just want to get to know this area better, Regina Collins is honored to help you with this process. For more, visit reginaforhomes.com. This podcast is brought to you by Make Waves Media House. Make Waves Media House is a full-service video production company based out of Spokane, Washington, but does work all over the U.S., specializing in music video production, editing, director of photography services, motion graphics, and commercial work. With 20 years of experience behind the camera and celebrating seven years of business, Make Waves is here to create your high-quality videos at affordable prices. You can find them on Facebook now at MakeWaves Media House or Instagram at make.waves.mh or call them now at 509-991-3000. Welcome back to Alcohol Tipping Point Podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Mazner, and I have a very special guest on today. You might know her as Sobriety Queen Connie or just know her as Connie McMillan. Um, And I'm going to let her go ahead and introduce herself and we'll get talking. So thank you, Connie, for being on and and just tell tell us about who you are and
1: Oh, thank you so much, Queen Debbie. It is truly an (laughs) honor to be here. Uh, A lot of people do know me as Sobriety Queen Connie. I am expanding my brand. So uh, lately, if you follow me on Instagram, you notice that it says Connie McMillan. Uh, I am an author. I'm a coach helping women around the world, uh, broken single women, and specifically and the buried pain that they've had inside, just so that they can live their lives authentically. Um, I was a woman who buried a lot of pain, buried it in alcohol, buried it in clothing, buried it in people and sex. And, you know, I had to come to the realization that if I don't address the root of my problem, um, I was just going to die. And I didn't want my life to end that way. So, you know, eventually after resorting to so many wrong things, um, I found a way to become courageous and say, you know, kind of you're worth the fight. You're worth it. I mean, this didn't happen overnight. It took 15 years of me drinking and using, abusing, and allowing myself to be abused uh, verbally, physically, mentally, um, attempting suicide also. It took so much time. So, you know, today, healed woman, confident, self-loving, you know, understanding my purpose and walking in it boldly and just happy to be able to, be able to help so many other women do the same.
0: Yeah. So you've been through a lot and now you're, you're just giving of yourself. And would you mind sharing your recovery story?
1: Sure. So as I said, um, I was a queen who drank as a way to escape my pain. My pain, the root of my pain was low self-esteem. So um, when I took my first drink, my early twenties, mid twenties, I was like, an awakening literally I felt like the dead had risen and I didn't want to I didn't want to leave that feeling I wanted that feeling to stay with me I also grew up in an environment where I saw alcohol around me a lot so um I kind of just mimic what I saw you know I saw the uh relatives in my family hiding pain and using alcohol as their method of escape and um after realizing that my life was just truly spiraling out of control, um, I knew at some point, listen, you're either gonna be in jail, dead, um, and this is not the life I wanted for myself. I wanted to be able to get to a place. I don't have any children, so I wanted to get to a place where I could be that example. I mean, I battled knowing in my side, inside of me, knowing that life could be good, you know. But what was I willing to do? To ensure that it would get there. So um, I didn't do, you know, AA. I didn't, you know, sit in front of anybody. uh, And that's not to shame anybody else for doing it that way. But for me, I was, I was prideful. And I was just like, I'm not going to tell my business to everybody. I'm not going to tell my business to strangers. So um, prayer was always a part of my life. Uh, I am a woman who totally believes in God. And so I knew if I told him, he wasn't going to tell my business to nobody. (laughs) So (laughs) I said, well, it's going to be me and Jesus. And so that is what I did. Um, I had many failed attempts, right? I don't want you to think like, you know, you just go to the Lord and he's just going to wipe it away. No, it didn't work like that. I literally, you know, I battled with, you know, uh, walking past liquor stores and, praying, asking God, you know, don't let me go into the liquor store, please, please, please. And then sometimes it worked, a lot of times it didn't. And eventually, after the failed attempts, um, one night, I was sitting on my bed, and I had gone to the liquor store, had gotten the drink of choice at that time, of which was Long Island iced tea. Um, I used to be a bartender. So what we did in the bar, we put the glasses in the freezer. And so I did exactly that, let the glass get a little frosty. And moments later, you know, I was sitting with the remote in one hand and looking at TV and uh, put the drink to my lips, took one swallow and started choking. And at first I was just like, oh, I'm just drinking too fast. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's nothing. And then um, I did it again. Once I was able to breathe, (laughs) I took the glass to my lips, swallowed and almost choked to death. And I said to myself immediately, this is this is something, this is not normal. And I just remember crying and dropping the remote, dropping the glass, and just really giving God praise. Because to me, it was just God answering my many, 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 many prayers. And uh, that was the last time I took a drink. And I'm just, you know, just grateful that it finally happened. A lot of times we believe that, you know, our reason of healing or you know our answers to our prayers or whatever shift we're trying to make in life we believe is going to come one way and it comes a totally different way the way we least expect it so that was definitely the way that um my healing journey started yeah and and how long have you been alcohol free so i've been free for seven years seven years i have abstained. um i would say (laughs) it was hard it definitely was hard but it was definitely it has been worth it um you know i grew up in brooklyn new york and so mm-hmm. i was in an area where there was familiarity you know my friends and family and so when i was able when well i feel like when god opened up that door for me to finally stop drinking i had already moved to a different state i was living in new jersey and really isolation had to be a part of My journey Um, there, I was able to not only have seen, but I was able to deal with the root of the problem. As I said, low self-esteem, I was able to look and say, you know, Connie, you've been living your life as a fraud for many years. You've been using makeup as a, you know, way to cover up, you know, the puffiness to your eyes and the dark circles. You've been using clothing as, you know, a way to make yourself feel good in the moment, you know, maxing out your credit cards. You've been living your life this way for so long. So it was in New Jersey where I was able to, you know, deal and sit in that my truth, which was horrible. Um, I was also newly divorced at this time. So I needed that time to myself. Um, so having that, you know, transition in my life, being outside of my comfort zone, that definitely made a difference. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And, and I like, you know, you had mentioned before, like it, it wasn't just one, it wasn't that one time that, that you started choking, um, which was such a powerful sign from above. Um, but, but, Many, many other attempts had led up to that point.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I know a lot of times people think like, you know, it's people kind of dumb down on themselves because I did it. You know, it's more like, Well, is this ever gonna happen for me? I've tried it so many times. And then you have the outsiders, the naysayers that are judging you. Um, I've had clients that I've, you know, spoken with and they've they've said it themselves, I've had that experience where, you know, you you share with people that, you know, I'm 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 abstaining. I'm definitely, I'm not drinking. And, you know, you like to hear the support. And so not only are they giving you negative feedback, but you're giving yourself negative feedback every time, you know, you don't live up to that you slip and you fall. Um, So, as I said, you know that's expected. A part of the journey, it, it is a part of it. You're not going to just, you know, boom. It's just not going to happen like that. You know, um, think about people who it's a totally different subject, but think about those that are practicing for a race. They don't just become, you know, the world greatest runner. They have to fall down. They have to scrape their knees. They have to practice, practice, practice. Have slip ups. They have to have bad judgment, uh, bad negative feedback. So I would like to say the same as this, the same is true for you. You're going to have slip ups, you know, um, the most important thing is that you get back up. That's what's important. Um, that's, what's going to make the difference.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm, I'm all about practice, not perfection. Um, so then how did you kind of segue into this, this helping realm and, and how do you help other women, other people become alcohol free?
1: I've always had a heart for helping, Um, you know, even when I was broken, you know, I always would be the queen where my friends would come to me and they'd ask my advice. It's just at that moment, you know, yes, I helped. Yes, I gave sound advice and I definitely gave it from a pure place. But the thing about it is that I was giving out and I wasn't replenishing. Mm -hmm. So I was pouring from an empty cup. So I knew that that was a part of my gift. I knew that that was where God had wanted me. I went to school. I mean, I have two degrees and and um, human services and concentration in substance abuse, <laughs> ironically. I, I had no idea I was going <laughs> to have a concentration in that. But um, I had always been a giver. And it makes me happy to be able to help someone else, pull someone else up. I've always empowered women, primarily, Um, So I knew at some point I had to follow my heart. I had to follow what and who God made me to be. So uh, I would say about three years in, you know, I definitely started to share my story even more. I started to tell, you know, authentically, you know, that's a big thing. A lot of times we are afraid of that. But I can assure you that what you've gone through, I've done it. And many other people have done it, if not done it even worse. Um, I knew I just wanted to be a contributor. So that's when I started sharing my story. Um, I hired a coach myself just to make certain that I was doing things correctly. Um, Also got my certification as a coach. And so I just wanted to be able to pour back into the lives of many other women. I knew that I wasn't the only one that the bottom line was low self-esteem. I knew that. You know, I, I attracted it. So I knew that was the case. And so I figured if I could help, you know, pull myself with God's, of course, with his grace and mercy, if I could do it for myself, how many other women could I help? How, can, how many other women could I help, you know, reach goals in their lives and live authentically, not have to hide behind a bottle, not have to hide behind makeup or hide behind any cover up? how many other women could I help, regardless of their age, regardless of, you know, what their careers are. There are women in this world that, you know, they have so much to offer. But because of the pain that lies on the inside, we kind of fall prey to that. We believe that we are what we've done instead of who we are. And so I had to understand that I had a contributing factor that I could share, that I could, you know, tell someone the good, the bad, and all of the ugly (laughs) of what I've done. And that's really how I began to attract a lot of my clients. And, you know, it's just been a blessing, really has been a blessing. Yeah.
0: And, and so what I'm interested in, you know, you mentioned that your, your pain point, um, was your self-esteem and, can you talk a little bit more about self-esteem and, and how you've, how that has related to drinking, but how you healed yourself?
1: Well, I had to, you know, do some research, literally. Mine um, went back from my childhood. You know, I grew up in a household where I was the darkest one of my family. Um, so even though I had, you know, terms of endearment, my my uncle used to call me Chocolate City. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, was, it was cool. I I loved it. But then I had another uncle who called me Blackie. So, um, but that was his term of endearment in my head. It was just, it was horrible. And I had crooked teeth as well. So I battled with a lot of demons, if you will. Um, I told myself negative thoughts and it just stuck with me for so very long. Um, I remember, you know, I wouldn't talk a lot because I didn't want my teeth exposed. I was teased in school. Um, I didn't learn as quickly as my sister did. So I got left back in the second grade. Um, I had a lot of challenges that I had to overcome. And, you know, I thought as as I got older, I believed rather that things was getting better because now here I was in high school and you know, people began to accept me a little bit more. I had I didn't believe I didn't understand that it was my clothing. You know, I dressed when I was like fashion queen. That was really why they were accepting me. And um it took work. It just really, really took work because after I realized that they they were just, you know, kinda you are still struggling with this. This is why you're buying these top designer items. Uh, you're still struggling with these, with the low self-esteem that you have on the inside. So, um, through going to school, you know, understanding through having a coach, being able to dive and dig deep journaling, that's been like so huge for me, understanding affirmations, reading my Bible. All those have been contributing factors to me understanding who I am today, the queen that I am. And that's another reason why I always address women as queens because I want them to be reminded of who they are. Um, We have already programmed ourselves, be it from, you know, childhood or whatever, you know, maybe that frightening experience that you had as an adult. We've programmed our brain. That's just how our brain operates. It makes us believe that we are these things. So now, you know, you have to daily you know, really do the work. That means looking yourself in the mirror. That means talking to yourself, not just occasionally, even when you don't feel well, you've got to have that conversation with yourself. If you don't feel well, okay, then why am I? Why am I feeling this way? What am I doing to get to the root of this problem? And who am I surrounding myself with that can support me on this journey? Am I being involved or, you know, surrounding myself with toxic people that are adding, you know, more fuel to the fire? Those are the things I've had to do, and you know it's been a great resource to myself. It's been a bit great benefit to my clients, and uh, yeah, that's that's what it's been. Yeah, and then
0: um, another part of your work um, is related to financial health, um, and and do you cross those over? Like, how how does sobriety or addiction relate to financial health?
1: oh my God, it relates to it tremendously, right? I budgeted my money into, uh, my alcohol into my budget. Like I had to make sure like a bill didn't get paid. It just didn't get paid because I needed to have my Long Island IC. It sounds crazy today, but that was my reality. And that's a reality for a lot of people. Um So in that case, you really become even more stressed out even more uh inclined to drink even more inclined to you know have negative negative excuse me um accounts on on your you know on your in your life and that's not something you want to do so i believe that you know when we make small adjustments, you know, understanding that, listen, finances are attached to our lives. They're going nowhere. Um, they're either going to pull you up into a space in place of, you know, where you could have generational wealth or they're going to pull you down and suck you dry. Uh, so I think they're closely related. You know, um, life is about understanding that we have to tackle every area of our lives. So you start at the bottom where the root is, again, for mine with a little self-esteem, and you work your way up. Um, and you add slowly, you'll begin to add, you know, uh, that feeling of feeling great about yourself, making great choices, attracting the right company. Um, you'll slowly rebuild yourself. It does take time, it does not happen overnight. And it definitely happens with the support system.
0: Yeah. Um, so, are you still doing financial health coaching? Um, do you, you mentioned that you've pivoted a bit, like you're, you're not just sobriety queen Connie, you know, you're you're Connie McMillan. Like tell me more about what, what your pivot's been, what
1: you're doing. So now. it's so with regards to the financial, of course, if mm-hmm. you and I are working one on one, you know, if that is the reason why you came to me, then so be it. But that is not the focus, right? Um, that's not what we're gonna talk about at the top of the conversation. So as I said, I help broken women heal from buried pain. Uh, to change their perspective, to live in purpose. So we want to get to the root. What is the root of your pain? Um, and that's going to you know, be a variation. Of, for, for everybody else, it's going to be different, right? Not everybody else is going to have the same response. Some people will come to me because drinking is the issue for them. Some people will just come, listen, I've, I've got low self-esteem. So as we're building uh, you know, on our journey together, we'll, we may cover that financial aspect and we may not. Uh, it just really depends. It's going to be different for everyone.
0: Got it. So you're, you're, you have kind of brought in to help even more people, even, you know, just because we all have some sort of pain and we're not perfect people.
1: Right. Right. I mean, I felt like sobriety, which, you know, is absolutely phenomenal, but I knew that my life, it definitely expands more outside of sobriety, Mm -hmm. right? If someone's carrying pain and they're like, listen, drinking's not my problem, but I still need help. I didn't want to box myself in any longer. So to be able to expand myself um, in a way where I can help more and more queens, that's, that's just something I wanted to do. And because spirituality is a big part of my you know, my own journey, uh, that's tied into there too. So yes, do we cover God inside of this? Yes, we do, because I believe that prayer is, you know, so important in our lives. Uh for those that obviously that are my clients, those that have a faith walk. Everyone's not gonna be my client and that's you know, that's just the reality. But um I've had clients where, you know, they definitely that was their that was a part of their their life you know faith is a big part of their life so we had no problem working and, you know we have to be we have to be in alignment there's no other way to work with someone uh and so it's it's just been an enormous blessing in my life to be able to help queens of and as, as i said of all walks of life you know um i've worked with uh, social workers. I've worked with women in IT. I've worked with so many different, you know, variations of women. And, you know, you, you'd be surprised of how many struggle, uh, be it with drinking or just self-esteem. We, as, as a woman, you know, we have so much on our shoulders, right? I mean, we're nurturers by, you know, by nature, but if we're not strong or, or rather at a, have a strong foundation, if we don't know who we are, we crumble. And unfortunately, the rest of the family will follow. So for me, I just wanted to change that. I wanted to disrupt that pattern for my own family. As I said, I grew up, you know, with drinking was very present. And, you know, I no, no discredits to my, my mom, her, sis, her sisters, but I did see the pattern. And if I didn't break that pattern, um, and it's still a challenge, you know, I go to my sister's house and, you know, she, people ask me, they've asked me in the, in the past, you know, how do you get the name Sobriety Queen? I'm like, she gave it to me. I would go and visit <laughs> and she say, put your bottles away. Here comes the Sobriety Queen. And I just ran with the name. But, you know, my point is, if I, if I didn't stand up, you know, to, to take that risk and to be unafraid to say, listen, Alcohol, it it doesn't serve us. You know, we're at functions, be it good, happy, sad, or bad. We still have this substance. And guess what? We're we're cheating our lives. You know, family members have passed on and, you know, they're no longer here. The matriarchs of our family are not here. So who's going to be this person to stand up? And that's what I would say even to your own audience. How are you going to stand up in your bloodline? Be it if you're struggling with alcohol, be it if you're struggling with low self-esteem, whatever it is. Why not you? Why not be that voice to stand up and say, you know what? I do have everything inside of me. I may not know what it is, but I have the ability to stand up and become that voice for my family. Why? Because no one has done it as of yet, and it's time out for it. I'm going to do it. And that's what I would say.
0: And how how has your family or friends, how have they responded to this journey you've been on?
1: Well, some, as far as friends, um, we're not friends anymore. That's just a part of the journey. Um, And it's not that, you know, they're angry with me, but, you know, sometimes your lifestyle exposes uh, who's really supposed to go, I'll say, the rest of the way with you, right? Where you understand that there are seasonal relationships, right? So sometimes the case is not everybody can go. Not everybody's ready. So there are some friends where, you know, this is where the end of the road has come. And then there are very few that we are still uh expanding our lives. We're actually living our best lives. Um and then family, you know, have not all of them have necessarily stopped drinking, but I love when I hear, oh my gosh, I caught your live today and it was so encouraging. I didn't drink today. Oh my gosh, I caught your live today. And, you know, um, it made me feel really good. It made me think outside of the box and what I can do to be a contributor or, or whatever. You know, I bought your book or I, you know, I downloaded one of your courses, anything that can shift, right? Because as I said, it, it takes time. I believe that seeds are being poured into the lives of individuals. So that just simply means that it's not going to take effect right now. It's going to happen over time. That's what that means. So it has been, it's been phenomenal. Absolutely. And I just, you know, I know my purpose and I won't drop the mic, (laughs) if you will, like I'll continue to do whatever I have to do uh, so that my voice can be heard throughout this nation, because I understand that I have something to contribute, and that is what I would say to your audience. You have something to contribute. It does not matter where you started, how many times you messed up, how many times you failed. That has nothing to do with it, absolutely nothing. You still have what God has put on the inside of you, and it needs to be pushed out. You just have to be, you know, you have to find yourself worthy enough to do that and align with those that can help you, be it a coach, be it a therapist, be it whatever, a group. You have to align yourself with that because you don't know what you don't know.
0: Yeah, that's beautifully said. And I mean, you, you are, like you said, you're planting the seeds and you're living by example. And that's beautiful. Um, Thank you. What, what would you say are some of your top tips for quitting drinking?
1: Know that it's not an overnight success, right? Uh, if you've fallen down, if you've tried, I don't I don't care if you tried a 100 times, keep trying. Don't, don't stop. Don't say, this is it, this is just how I am. Uh, this is just the way I was made. Watch your words. Be very careful with your words. You know, so a man thinks, so is he. So it's be careful with how you speak to yourself because you are the first to hear it. That's one. Two, um, if you want to make a decision to stop drinking, it's going to first, yes, come with admission. You know, uh, I have a problem and this doesn't work for me. This works against me. Uh, one way you can find that out is, you know, just how often you drink and why you drink. Are you drinking because, you know, you want to fill a void? Are you drinking because it's a special at ad- Red Lobsters, or I don't know, BBQs, or whatever. Why are you drinking? What What makes you go into that restaurant? Those are ways you can have, you know, answer if you have a drinking problem or not. If this thing is, you know, if this substance is controlling you and you're not controlling it. Uh, another thing I would say is be be very careful of the friends that you surround yourself with. Um, they're either contributing to your drinking, or you know, they're they're individuals that want the more of you, the better of you rather. Um, be mindful of that. And uh as I said, just and get the whole get the help that you need. If you realize that and recognize and accept that, you know, alcohol has not been a contributor to you, take the steps, you know, necessary to get the support. And it does not have to be, you know, necessarily the traditional way. Follow some people on Instagram, you know, see how transparent. I mean, there's so many different ways, but you can start there. Follow some people on Instagram, see the variations of people that have transformed their lives and the lifestyles that they now live. Hear their stories. I guarantee you'll hear something that you'll be able to connect with. Um, and if that's not if you're not a if you're not a social media person, then hey, then maybe you might want to go to a meeting, or again hire a coach, or get yourself a therapist, get yourself the support that you need, and uh, just be kind and gracious to yourself. Don't think it's going to happen overnight. It will eventually happen, though.
0: Yeah, those
1: are all fantastic.
0: Um, and then what 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 would you say your future plans are? What do we oh, wow. expect from you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well definitely my I definitely want to do some speaking engagements internationally. So that's really my, my main goal, speaking overseas, letting queens understand who they are, who God has created them to be, um, helping, you know, change the trajectory of their lives, their 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 families' lives, um, building them up so that they can become the warriors that God has created them to be. Um, understanding that your story means it, it has meaning, so just really that I would say internationally. That's just I want to be shared internationally. Have my story shared internationally. Um, another book, of course. I'm, I'm working on my second book, so that should be out, and it's mostly focusing on healing the pain. Um, and I, I, that's that's really it.
0: <laughs> well, we should mention your first book. Um,
1: talk oh. a little bit
0: about that. <laughs>
1: So my first book is Alcohol Fiend to Sobriety Queen: 25 Tips to Putting Down the Bottle and Picking Up Your Crown, and that is a guide, you know, helping you transition, uh, going from that fiend, going from you know the person who drinks, and that's that's just what I call it myself a fiend, because that's that was the truth of my, <laughs> there was the mm-hmm. truth matter, um, and but going to the royal queen that you are. Uh, it's a guide showing you, you know, what's to be expected. Those, those, how do you transition from uh, you know, one group of friends to another? How do you answer questions in circumstances when you don't want to drink? You know, what, what do you say in those circumstances, you know, in those surroundings? Um, so I just give a little bit of everything. And then like the last is again, identifying if you have a problem or not. Uh, it's an absolute great book and it's traveled around the world. Um, I'm so proud of it. I'm, I'm really, really proud of my first baby, (laughs) um, just being able to help women see their worth, um, even through the, the start, right? Because a lot of times we feel like, well, I've had, I've had a rough start, you know, how could, how could God use me? I'm God used all the people in the Bible who were least expected to be you. They didn't find themselves worthy either. So to me, that just says, if you are a person that's listening and you're really dumbing down on yourself, you're really focusing on all the things that you've been telling yourself and possibly that others have told you, I promise you, you're most likely the best candidate for the position. You are. I can guarantee you. (laughs) And so then your next book is about healing. Yeah, that's going to be about, you know, how you can heal your life through the, the root of the pain. It's just, you know, I'm still working on it. I'm still praying and asking God, like, listen, but I know it has to do with healing. And uh, so I don't know if it's going to be another guide. It probably will. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. You know, the sobriety queen, alcohol fiends and sobriety queen, I feel like it just targeted just people that were struggling with alcohol, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, healing the pain can be for any and everyone. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. I'm looking forward to that. And how can our listeners find you?
1: Well, you definitely got going to find me on Instagram. <laughs> uh, Just by my name, Connie S. McMillan, you can follow me over there. Also, I'm on Facebook as well. You can check out my website, ConnieSMcMillan.com. Shoot me an email if you have any questions, book a call, a freedom call, that's what I call them. Uh, And let's see how we can just... Get your life to the place of authenticity, healing, and the journey that you so desire. You're worth it, and uh, it wants you. So that's how you can definitely connect with me. I look forward to uh, hearing from you.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much, Connie, Queen County, for being on. <laughs> I really appreciate it. I thank wish you the very fun. best, and I look forward to your your worldwide domination maybe not domination what should we call it
1: your reign well we'll say impact
0: impact it's yeah well this was this has been fantastic thank you so much attention Idaho and California residents if you're shopping for a mortgage contact PacFi a mortgage brokerage with the top wholesale lenders in the nation they are committed to simplifying the mortgage process saving you time and money Call 858-442-7048 or visit pacfi.com. NMLS number 1462943, Equal Housing Lender.
1: Thank you. It's been an honor. Have a beautiful day. You as well. Thank you.